Hi, it's Jess Fisher. You're listening to episode 11 of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we explore some of the science featured in the story. Keep listening to the end of this episode to hear me and Nate Dufort talk about water drainage with Georgia McKeon, a geographer working in water management in Australia. Chapter 11, The Wall. With Lost Vegas burning behind us, Gideon, Doggo, and I walked most of the night back to the boat in silence. As we pushed off from shore, I glanced back at the distant flames. Off we go. You okay, Iowa? Callie saved me. Saved us. Maybe she wasn't all bad. Yeah. So, what now? Jump, jump, jump from water walled up to the sand. Do we know where that is? No, we do not. But something tells me we're heading the right way. Yeah, me too, Doggo. Me too. You want to steer the boat for a while? Me? Really? I was talking to Doggo. Oh, uh... I'm kidding! Of course you! Really? You bet I do. Kelly never let me touch the wheel. She was always so... Oh, sorry about Callie. Yeah, me too. So, should I keep us in the middle, or zigzag, in case someone's chasing, or... Just don't hit anything. After the first day on the water, Gideon, Doggo, and I stopped looking behind us, waiting for regulators to catch up. A couple of days later, we reached another fork in the river. This time, it split three ways. Which way? Left? Right? Middle? Iowa? Without a map or a song verse, I went with my gut. Uh, middle. Uh, stick with the middle. Middle it is. Straight ahead. We just kept moving down river, hoping against hope we'd find the water walled off to the sand from the next verse of the song. Look, Gideon. Sometimes we'd dock at night, forage for food in the morning. We're going to eat them. It was like our old adventures. Gideon and I exploring, collecting treasures, imagining the world as it used to be. Only this time, we had a dog. A dog that might someday help bring that world back. What does it feel like? What is what feel like? You know, being in a prophecy written in those stars up there. I just feel like me. But you're not just you. Or you is more than you. I mean... I know what you mean. And I guess I've always felt like there was more. Like I knew something deep down that other people didn't. Like the old world. It lived in me. Because of your parents. That's why I started collecting. Hoping maybe I'd find answers about why they disappeared. Hoping maybe I'd even... Find them. Yeah. I know it doesn't make any sense. 
But if you'd asked me a few months ago, could I make it this far, do all this? I always knew you could. Thanks, but it wasn't just me. It was Doggo and you and Arizona and the librarian and even Callie. Everyone that came before me. The agents, my parents. This is what they lived for. What they died for. So that I could be here with him. Searching for Haven, fighting for a better world. A better world. And maybe, maybe we won't mess it up this time. What's that? What's happening? The, the current is picking up. I can't see what's ahead of us. Can you? Not yet, but but the sun should be up soon. Help me with the sail. Pull the rope. As the sun Tie came up over the water, the it revealed that we were no that longer way. in a river, no, but in an enormous way. body of water. Is this the ocean? Uh, I don't think so. The water isn't salty. <laughs> I think it's a lake. A, a really big lake. I can't even see the other side. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the water mentioned in the song. The one walled off to the sand. Whatever that means. How long do you think it'll take to get to the other side? Because we're running out of food. I don't know, but there's no turning back now. Within a few hours, we'd lost sight of land. There was water as far as the eye could see in every direction. The surface was like glass, and as blue as the sky above us. Until it wasn't. It's okay, Joko. It's just a little storm. It'll pass. You sure about that? We'll, we'll make it through. Help me lower the sail. Should we go below deck? You can go down there with Doggo. I should stay up here just in case. In case what? Ah! <laughs> Scared me. That lightning was close. <laughs> it, it just looked that way. We're safe. But I heard water is the worst place to be in a lightning storm. I can think of worse places. Really? Where? Well, I mean... Maybe we should. Should what? We can't turn back. I don't even know how far it is to shore. All we can do is hang on. Like I said, it'll pass. Isla! Take Doggo below. And the slack of powder, too. Go! Now! Come on, Doggo! He won't move! He's shaking! Doggo! I think he wants to stay up here with you! Okay, Doggo! We'll ride it out together, you and me. I will! See you when it's over, Gideon. See you when it's over! Gideon climbed down and shut the hatch. Doggo nestled up close as I grabbed the wheel. One, two, three, how many animals do you see? Mom, Dad, we could sure use some help! Doggo, did you see that? In the flash of lightning, I caught a glimpse of something up ahead. It was lit up for only an instant, but it looked like a wall. A great stone wall that blocked the water. The water is walled off! The path to Haven! We made it back to- uh, uh. 
Isla, what was that? I don't know. We must have hit a rock or something. Uh-oh. What is it? Whatever we hit put a hole in the boat. We're taking on water down here. Find the hole, plug it with whatever we have, and, and use the jars to start bailing out the water. The water's coming in so fast. But nothing we did could stop the water from filling up the hatch. Get in. We're going to have to abandon ship. What? No. The boat is sinking. But we're in the middle of the lake. Maybe not. I think I saw a wall. What? We're going to have to swim for it. You can do it, Doggo. I know you can. Isla! And so can you, Gideon. Just jump, 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 and swim for the wall. Which may not even be there. It's there. We have to believe it's there. Do you trust me? I trust you. Doggo, just like last time. Gideon, jump, jump, jump! The water was even rougher than I expected. As good a swimmer as I was, I'd never experienced waves like that. I held on to Gideon and Doggo and kicked for dear life. But they were both struggling to keep their heads above water. Hang on, Gideon, hang on! But I couldn't hold on forever, and I couldn't see the wall. I felt myself getting tired. I started to slip beneath the waves. Gideon! Doggo! who was calling out from above. But bouncing in the waves in front of me was a round float attached to a rope. It took three tries, but finally I stuck it around my body and grabbed Gideon and Doggo. Hold on, I'll pull you out. With the waves still crashing over our heads, I clung to the float as it started to drag us through the water. Hang on, Gideon, hang on, Doggo. Until finally we were pulled onto a ledge, a ledge on the wall. Gideon, Gideon, can you hear me? Come with me. <coughs> I'll carry the kid. Who... who are you? My name's Del. Short for Delaware. Delaware? You're... I'm an agent of the animals. <coughs> this is Gideon and Doggo. I'm Iowa. Congratulations, Iowa. You made it. Welcome to Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we dig into the actual science behind the episodes of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog. I'm Nate Dufort, who some of you may know from the shows Unspookable and Reach, a space podcast for kids. And with me, as always, from Gen Z Media and Six Minutes Rewind, is Jess Fisher. Hey, Jess. Yo. So... <laughs> we are heading out west. What happened on today's episode? Okay. In episode 11, The Wall, Iowa, Gideon, and Doggo set sail for Haven. Simple, right? Yeah, not so much because a terrible storm hits, sinking their boat. But just as it seems like they're not going to make it, Iowa sees an enormous wall and they are rescued by a mysterious stranger. I mean, I haven't listened to the end yet, uh, but I like this stranger. He seems nice. Yeah, super, super trustworthy. Yeah. Totally. But maybe not as trustworthy as the expert we brought in this week. I had a great conversation, speaking of storms, about stormwater drainage with Georgia McKeon, a geographer working in water management in Australia. 
Water plays a really important role in our story. And we understand that with your day-to-day work, you have some amazing insights for us. Can you tell us about what it is that you do? Uh, So I work in a role where I look at how people interact with water environments and how those two different things affect each other day to day and try to manage them in a way that's good for both people and the environment. Wonderful. So, you know, we experience one heck of a storm in this episode, and I want to know what it is you can share about your work in understanding water drainage and those impacts. Sure, I would be delighted. One of the things I think a lot of people don't really understand is that people live in the environment. And we tend to forget that because we live in cities. And a lot of the time we kind of push the environment and water and rain and drainage and all those things to the outside of our understanding. We feel like it's not super relevant to us day to day. And that means we don't necessarily recognize how much we've changed what would naturally happen in the environment. So when it rains, In a natural environment, one of the first things that happens is some of the water that falls soaks into the soil. Soil, it's normally at least a little bit dry. So the first bit of rain, and sometimes quite a lot of rain, goes towards wetting the soil and filling the gaps in between soil grains. That water is really important because water in surface soils helps to keep plants alive. And some of the water in the soil will very slowly sink downwards until it makes local groundwater sources, which are also really important for a lot of environmental reasons. But... Back at the surface, things start to change once the soil is already wet. Once the spaces between the soil grains fill with water, the rain stops soaking in. And at that point, most of the water instead starts to run off the soil. And it starts collecting local low points. And though that water connects together and starts to form a bit of a stream, and it'll keep following, it'll start to follow local drainage paths and move downhill until it meets a creek, stream, or river. And from there, that water in the stream is going to keep moving downhill normally until it gets to the ocean. And again, that water is really important for lots of animal and plant communities that live around the end of rivers and oceans because it carries lots of nutrients that are important for animals to feed and breed. So that's the natural environment. That's kind of what you want to happen. Um, And that's a good situation. Gotcha. And what about when a storm hits an urban area? Once we build a town or a city, there's usually lots of areas where water can't get into the soil. There's lots of roads and concrete and roofs where instead of soaking, water runs off really quickly. So instead of having that little bit of time where at least some of the water soaks into the soil and that soil holds some of the water, instead the water runs off roofs and roads and hard surfaces really fast and it collects really quickly in particular areas. And the plan is usually that that water goes into the local gutters and then into a stormwater system. And then it goes into pipes and sometimes very thick pipes that carry that water away to a place that we can treat it or get rid of it. The trouble is when you have a big storm event is that sometimes there's more rain than that stormwater system could hold. Or again, if some of the drains are blocked, it means that water can build up really quickly in urban areas, which aren't necessarily designed for that. And that can create flash floods where a lot of water arrives really quickly and then it has no way to go. And that can be quite dangerous because that water is moving pretty fast. Um, it can mean water floods people's homes, gets onto roads, and it can be quite unsafe. And it can also mean that that water enters local creeks and streams really quickly, which can lead to really sharp rises in the water levels and really fast moving water. And again, that can be dangerous to anyone who's working or in or around those areas. And it can also erode the banks of local waterways, which again, isn't good for anyone who lives near those. Plus, the other thing that's not great with water in urban areas is that some of the water is coming off roads 
and roads can be pretty dirty. There's normally, you know, chemicals in petrol and oil and tires and all those things that are associated with cars. And when cars drive on roads, some of those end up on the roads. And when water goes across the roads, some of those chemicals end up in the water. So none of those are the things that you want to have in your water and you particularly don't want to be in water that has them in them. At the same time, gutters along roads can also have a lot of garbage in them. So stuff like cigarette butts and dog poop, leaves and grass. Again, all pretty gross, but more importantly, maybe, is that if that ends up in the stormwater system, it can really gunk it up. Um, and again, it slows the passage of water and again, can result in water pooling up in areas where it's really not designed to be. So what can we be doing to limit or reverse this? That is a really good question. So it's a little bit difficult, especially if you're a middle grader, because I think you don't have a lot of influences on some of the things that we could change. Uh, but what is really good to do, if you can, um, is try to minimize the use of hard spaces in and around your home. So we tend to build houses with really big footprints. And in general, that like limits how much water can get into your soil and it affects drainage. The other thing I would really love to see people stop doing is building um, really long concrete driveways or concreting their backyards. Um, if you can put in like bark chips or gravel or even this particular types of tiles, which really affect help drainage, um, that helps that water get into the soil and it reduces the amount of water which is going to run into your home. And that's good for you and it's good for your neighbors. The other thing you can do, which is useful, just in terms of what I talked about with contamination um, and all that dirty stuff that gets into water, uh, is to try to limit the amount of nasty stuff that ends up in gutters and can end up in stormwater. So if you can try it, if you're washing a car, do it on grass and not in the road. And don't, you know, drop things down gutters, don't drop cigarette butts and don't leave dog poop in your gutters. And that results in cleaner water for the environment and safer water for us. Georgia McKeon, thank you so much for lending your time and expertise with us here today. So, you know, those like viral Internet clips where people are like kayaking through city streets. Oh, boy, do I. Like, <laughs> like, it seems like it would be fun, but actually it's disastrous. <laughs> like, it's like no good for anyone. I know. It's like some of the conversations that we've been having where we learn about the world and the things we participate in every single day and how no good can come of them as far as the environment is concerned. Yeah, true that. The videos of New York City subways flooding on the internet is, doesn't appeal to anybody. <laughs> no, it is fun in a video, and that is it. Yeah. Well, that's also it for this episode. Big thanks again to geographer Georgia McKeon. For more information and resources about water systems, check out the links in our show notes. For more awesome pods, go to gzmshows.com. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified.